I'm Carmen. I'm neighbor Becky. And welcome to Live, Laugh, Murder. How are you? I'm wonderful. Living the dream. Living the dream next door. Yes. If you listen to our show, you know that Joanna has been in the process of moving lately and we've had to pull in some subs. So I am lucky enough to have the person we've talked about a hundred times, my neighbor, Becky. Hey. You kind of made your debut a while ago when you read A Florida Man. Florida Man, the porta potty story. So I got Becky to come over. After we record, we're having dinner, and Becky requested a very specific meal. What did you request? Picadillo. Picadillo. I I was like, come over. We'll record. Joanna can't make it, and I'll have dinner. And then you texted me, what, today or last night? And you're like, so are you ordering food or are you cooking? And I'm like, why? (laughs) So you said picadillo, and I'm like, done. Very easy. So it's simmering. So excited. Yeah, when we're done. And we're going to have a little movie night and a wine night, so I'm glad. Girls night. Anyway, welcome to Live, Laugh, Murder, where we tell stories that may or may not be true. On today's show, I will be sharing a tale with you, Becky, that I almost said Joanna. Sorry. (laughs) I know. That could either be the plot of a horror movie or the facts of a true crime case told in a narrative fiction style. So let's see if you can figure it out before I reveal later on. I hope, because normally when I listen, I always get it wrong. So we'll see. Before I tell my story, typically we do a Florida man that most of the time Becky recommends to Joanna. And what happened this time? I dropped the ball. <laughs> so you're better at recommending them to Joanna than telling yes, I am, 100%. Mm-hmm. I think probably half of our Florida mans came from you. By the end of this episode, I'll have one for you in my brain. <laughs> you just have to think of some bullshit that you saw yeah walking around the streets around this fucking place. Right. Something I heard in the news recently. Okay. Well, fair enough. So let's just jump into the story. Test your movie knowledge and your true crime, wow, true crime knowledge and see if you know the story. Before we begin, reminder that our show is a horror movie and true crime podcast. So trigger warning for sensitive topics that you would expect on that type of show. Well, my dad was in law enforcement, so he's told me a lot of gross stories, so Mm. it doesn't really bother me too much. I bet with your dad being in law enforcement, you have some perspective. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If something triggers me, I'll just start crying. I'm not triggered by much. I'll be okay. That's a kid of a law enforcement right there. (laughs) Just start crying. I'll just start crying. It's fine. All right. So in our story, today is Beth McKinley's ninth birthday. Beth, short for Elizabeth. It's just Beth and her mother, Kate, currently living together. Kate tries her best to make her daughter happy with the situation they're living in as Kate's husband is no longer in the picture. Okay. And I see Becky nodding her head and connecting the dots and taking notes. Keep doing that. Thank you. You're on the spot, you know, this time. So you got to focus. I know. I'm like, God, (laughs) all the details. So to celebrate her daughter, Kate bakes her a funfetti cake. She hangs a banner on the wall and gifts her with a locket. 
her locket, mom's locket. Beth asks about the photo inside, being that the locket was Kate's, the mom's, and it now has a photo of just the two of them inside, when the previous photo, when mom wore it, was of mom and dad. A lot, Like, sweet, right? Like, for her ninth birthday, old enough. I would mm-hmm. give – my daughter's turning nine uh, this weekend, and I would give her something like that at that age, like a sweet gift. That's cute. But Beth replies, I wanted an iPad to her mom rude all is fine as fine can be when at bedtime the power goes out in the house we're jumping right the fuck in becky wouldn't be able to use your ipad if the power went out yeah girl (laughs) okay uh this always sucks especially at night why does it always go out at night living in a secluded area kind of in the middle of nowhere would make it even more uncomfortable i think a little bit yeah yeah because it's Pitch black dark. Yeah, kind of like where we live. There's not a ton of houses around us. No. Um, Kate looks outside to see the barn light is on, though. If the power's out, how is the barn light still on? So that's what she's wondering. Oh, if it is it out just in the house or is it also out across the way in the barn? So Kate looks outside to see the barn light is on and knows in her gut that this isn't right, just as you said. In this situation, I wouldn't immediately grab a weapon. Personally, maybe because we live in Florida and the storms cause this to happen quite, you know, enough for us. Very true. But Kate McKinley has reason to be concerned. She goes to grab a knife, but isn't able to grab one in time. That's aggressive. Uh Uh-huh. I would think like a spatula or something first. I wouldn't go straight for a knife. I would just hit somebody before I stab them. Well, that's what I said. She has reason to be concerned. Because when she turns around before she can even grab a knife, she sees a person standing in her fucking house. Oh, okay. That escalated quickly. Mm-hmm. So with the barn light being on, with the house power being out, was as intentional as she feared. Mm-hmm. In the dark, she sees a person wearing a parka with the hood up. I instantly think of, um, what was it? I know what you did last summer. Wore yes. That, wore that trench coat or whatever. Same. Yes. That whole vibe, right? So when she goes to run, a second person, also wearing a parka with their hood up, grabs her. It's a home invasion, Becky. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. They struggle, and Kate's first instinct is to run up to her daughter's fucking bedroom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What else are you going to do, right? Beth, who is now screaming, the daughter, is screaming because she can hear her mom yelling and she can hear the banging noises from her bedroom. (sighs) You're just picturing, you have daughters as well. Yes, and my biggest fear is because they're across the house, Uh it would take me 15 seconds to get over there. Yep, and a lot can happen 15 seconds. Yes. So in Florida, most of our homes are one-story homes, so we are like across the living room and kitchen to get to our kids. Mm -hmm. It's not like those of you who live in the north typically have two-story homes where the bedrooms are upstairs, right next to, you know, whatever. I think it's ranch style is what it's called or something. Something like that. So Kate makes it, she does make it to Beth's bedroom. She gets in, she shuts the door, and she pushes a dresser in front of the door. But when they try to escape through the window, the two people barge in and grab them. One grabs Beth, one grabs Kate. Oh, no. As Beth, the daughter, is grabbed, Kate can see the bottom half of the face of who grabs her daughter. She sees that it's a woman, and the next thing she knows, she's knocked out by being bludgeoned in the back of the head with a big flashlight. Oh, this gives me, um, what is it, Elizabeth Smart vibes? With the woman and the man, Elizabeth Smart, mm. the girl that got kidnapped and oh, was Elizabeth gone. Oh, Elizabeth Smart. Yes. Holy shit. With like the old man with the beard and the woman. Yeah. Holy shit. 
Okay, so Kate is taken out to her barn, tied to a chair with duct tape and her wrists on her wrists and ankles, not knowing where her fucking daughter is. I would lose my mind. Yeah, and she does. The person sets up their phone and starts recording. Ew. <laughs> Becky. Okay, I... I laugh out of nervousness, not like making fun of the situation. I think you guys, our listeners, know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they proceed to taunt her about where her daughter could be, telling her it must be hard to not know, like, where your daughter is. If that were a wooden chair, I would have broke that bitch in half and been halfway across the barn by now. Uh-huh. Oh, while Kate, with Kate crying and struggling, not saying any of the right things to the person keeping her tied up, this intruder proceeds to get their pliers and on camera, I'm just going to fucking say it, as you know what's coming, they kneel down in front of Kate and use the pliers, oh, I can't, to rip off each fingernail on her right hand one at a time. Oh, it's just so bad. You came in for the big guns, Becky. Oh, Lord. Listen, of all the things fucked up people do to victims, I'm rubbing my eyes because it's so difficult. This, the fingernails. Oh, it's terrible. I think about, like, when I have my nails done and, like, I hit my nail, like, on, like, the table or something. And it feels like my whole entire finger just got ripped off. Yeah. It's terrible. I can't imagine. Your soul leaves your body. Oh, for sure. Oh, I feel like I'm going to (laughs) cry. The words that I come, that's come out of my mouth when that happens. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Meanwhile, meanwhile, okay, the other person has taken Beth, so I'm going to tell you about Beth, Mm -hmm. inside the house and tells her, I won't hurt you. I would never hurt you. And I'm going to say it now, Beth does not get attacked. She doesn't get attacked physically, okay? Traumatized, yes. Yes. Physically attacked, no. So before I go on and we discuss how the hell we got here I did some research, Becky, on home invasions because this has been a deep fear of mine since I was a little kid. Oh, yeah. You too? Like coming, again, like my dad being in law enforcement, it was like (laughs) instilled in us like every door is locked. Even if it's in the middle of the day, Uh you come in the front door, you lock the front door. You go outside, come back in, lock the front door, Mm -hmm. lock the back door, sliding door is always locked. Doors are never unlocked. You and your brother. Like, check the windows, check the doors. Oh, for sure. And then when my dad and my stepmom stayed with me for a little bit, they would go outside and, like, check the mail. And I would see the door was unlocked and lock it, forgetting that they were outside, Uh and lock them out. And and your dad's like, good job, kid. It's insane. (laughs) Yeah, it freaks me out. Well, my experience of being so fucking freaked out with home invasions is not because my parents were in law enforcement. My mom would just leave me home alone in the 90s as a kid and tell me, don't open the fucking door for anyone. That's true. If someone knocks, you hide. (laughs) Yeah, that is very true. Right. I did have one experience. The very first house I ever rented, I went to a meeting for work and came home And I was on the phone with somebody and I was just walking through the house because I had to pee really bad. And I like ran straight to the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And like you had to go through my bedroom to go to the bathroom. I turn around and look and I realize like my TV's not there. Whoa. What the hell? How old were you? In my 20s. And you're okay. And I'm like, oh my God, like my TV's not there. Does that mean like someone's still in the house? So then I'm like not wanting to talk. Uh And I run out and the living room TV's gone. (gasps) But like my door was locked. But you didn't notice it when you first walked in? No. Oh, that's so freaky. Yes. So then I like run outside 
And then I'm wondering, like, if my front door was locked, how did they get in? Long story short, it was through the slider. You can, like, lift them and move them. So um, note to anyone that has a sliding door, there's, like, a little clip you can get to, yeah. like, lock it. Anyway, so but, everyone, yeah. everyone in Florida who has slide, we all have sliding fucking yes. glass doors. That's freaky. But luckily you came home when they weren't there. Yes, but I didn't know at first. Of I'm like, course. oh, my God, are they still in here? Yeah. Scarred for life. That's terrifying. You have to keep your eyes and ears open. So we're not blaming our parents here. I guess we're thanking our parents because keep us fucking safe. For real. So I looked up facts on home invasions and looking up this information actually kind of helped me to kind of feel better because my fear is not someone's going to rob my house. My fear is someone's going to come in and attack me. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll share a little a little tale about me personally. When I was married, and if you are a listener, you know that I'm divorced, you know, a few years, you know, five, six years ago. But when I was married, I lived in a house with a wooded lot in the backyard. And there was also an exterior door in my bedroom leading out to the porch, which I Ooh, fucking hated. That's creepy. Yeah. I would lay in my bed and just think that door leads to outside. Someone could come in at any moment. It would freak me the fuck out. So when yeah. I was going through the divorce, I it took me half a second to say, we are selling this house. We're splitting the money. You know, and that's what we did. And I moved my ass into a little gated community and a townhouse. Safe, 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 safe. Yes. Especially since at my old, that house I mentioned, there was, I don't know if you know this, but there was a home invasion that occurred catty cor- cornered to that home when I lived there where someone was shot and murdered. Ooh, yep. yeah, no, I'd be out. In the time as my divorce was going on and that, because that shit takes forever, so that year, year and a half, that happened and I was like, I'm fucking out. Oh, yeah. Now, I will say, it was not a random, like, home invasion murder. As you're going to find out, there it, that rarely happens. Right, That yeah. is not common. But that's the fear. That's what everyone fears. So let me, let me just keep going. I think we've ranted enough. Now, we know that if someone wants to really get into your house, they're going to find a way. But for my psyche, these few fun facts made me feel better. So to the point, as of February 4th, 2023, so recently, there are 2.5 million burglaries per year in the United States, with the majority of them happening during the day between noon and 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. Right? That makes sense because people are at work. With that, a very small percent resulted in homicide, which would have been because someone was home unexpectedly. So out of 2.5 million people, less, like around 100 people. I don't know what that percentage is, but 100 of 2.5 million is small. Right, yeah. Okay. And that's burglaries. 75% of these occur when no one is home. And a pileup of mail is a key indicator to people that the home is empty. So burglars will look for signs like that. Yes. Um, Okay, next fun fact. 65% of home invasions are done by people the victims know. I say this because this is typically the reason for a person to enter a house is to rob them, not to hurt. That's the reason why you go in. Yes. So back to what happened to me. Mm Mm-hmm. We were 90% certain it was my neighbors. Oh, when your sliders got broken and the TVs? Mm -hmm. They could see us when we would leave Mm -hmm. and come home. So they knew like our typical schedule and busted through the slider. Well, it's the the fear of anyone breaking your house, obviously. But of it being a perfect stranger and you were just targeted for no reason, no rhyme Mm -hmm. or reason, that's so scary. That would freak me out. So, and then my last note, it is very rare to have a person invade your house at random for the sole purpose of hurting you. And that's my biggest takeaway. That's what I want you to take away. However, mm-hmm. it, it does happen, which it does happen, which has brought us here to my story I'm telling you today. 
this is one of those cases where it does happen. Oh, no. I know. So with this information, you can assume that Kate McKinley knows the people who have entered her house. Spoiler alert, she does. This is not random. She knows them. It's her baby daddy. Well, before I get into kind of how we got here today, I want to read you an excerpt from a memoir Kate McKinley was working on. It's short. Quote, when she went missing, I knew deep down inside what really happened. I've thought back on that afternoon every day since. I play it over and over in my mind. I wish I could have stopped it. Brad said he hadn't seen her, but the way he said it chilled my heart. That moment I saw him for what he'd always been. I had to protect my daughter. I had to stop more lives from being lost. My husband was a killer, end quote. I knew it. (laughs) This fucking dude. Well, he's not the one who invaded them. I will spoil that for you. Oh, gosh. So how does a family go from living in a gorgeous house on a lovely street with friendly neighbors, as every fucking true crime and Mm -hmm. horror story goes, to living out in the middle of nowhere, extremely secluded to the point of really, rarely to never leaving your house and homeschooling your social butterfly of a child. I'll tell you how that happens. Murder. That's how that shit happens. I have to go into hiding. Yep. 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 Yes. You predicted it. Oh, I'm doing a good job. You're doing it, Becky. I'm doing a good job. So to back up a little bit here, May 14th, 2019. We're backing up a little bit. Kate and Brad McKinley were living their life in a neighborhood where their daughter Beth played with friends in the neighborhood. She attended school as a second grader and all was fine and good. On this day in particular, the neighbors across the street, Mary Walker, had asked Kate to babysit her daughter Courtney. You got all the names kind of together. Courtney. It's like you asking me to babysit your kid for a little bit. She and Beth were the same age and were like little besties, like our daughters. I know. Mary had an appointment and it all worked out. The deal was that Courtney was to walk home, just literally across the street. I mean, I let my kid walk to your house and it's a couple of lots down, but still, we're not like next door. We're like a couple of lots, but there's no houses in between. (laughs) We do watch them from like driveway to driveway. So this was literally across the street. So that was the deal. They're in second grade. Yeah, you get it. Old enough to go across the street. Um, At their agreed upon time when Courtney would be back home. So she did the typical, thanks for doing this, Kate, while Kate replies, anytime, you know I love having Courtney over, and takes off. Done. The day went on as usual, and the girls decide to play hide and seek in the house. So I could go off on speculation here as far as what happens next, Becky, but I'm going to tell you what the was presented in court later on what happens next. Ooh. Kate reported to police that the girls played for a while, then they played hide and seek, And after, Courtney walked home as Mary said that she could. Courtney never made it home, and she was reported missing. This gets me a little emotional. It's like catching – because I'm thinking of your daughter coming over to play what she does and then me sending her home, and she doesn't make it home. I don't – oh, my God. Why am I tearing up? But, like, my – so I have a little question It must be the wine. But see, that Oh, that caught me way off guard. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're fine. But that wouldn't happen with us because we always say – I'll watch her walk there. I'll yeah. watch them. You honestly walk her back. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Or we have one of the older kids or walk Or the big them. kids walk. Yeah. But like this situation, when they said, I'll send Courtney back, was her mom already home? Her mom was supposed to have been home. But she never, but she wasn't like watching on the, like, it was just go across the street. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was what's supposed to be, what was supposed to happen. I would, if I were <clears throat> Kate, I would have 
like made sure that her mom was indeed home before mm-hmm. I was like, go fly free. So <sighs> Courtney never made it home. She was reported missing. This is when Kate turned in her husband as a possible suspect. Oh. Huge point. Courtney's... Courtney's body was soon found in the trunk of a car abandoned in a nearby lot. She had died from multiple stab wounds, and there were no signs, zero signs of sexual assault, mind you, but multiple stab wounds to, what, a seven, eight-year-old child. At the McKinley's home, detectives found zero trace of blood in the house. On first glance, I should say, as it was meticulously clean. Red flag. I just keep picturing me and you. This is kind of serendipitous that you're doing this story with me yes. because we're neighbors and this is about neighbors. The witches have it's meant blessed to be. us. It's meant to be. <laughs> so uh, the house had re- meticulously been clean. However, they did find clothes in the washing machine during investigation that were tested to have traces of blood on them. Courtney's blood on Brad McKinley's clothes. Guilty. It was revealed in court that the murder seemed sloppy and out of control. Kate spoke to detectives, revealing that she knew something was wrong with her husband. That Brad seemed to always have an interest in Courtney specifically. Why the fuck would you have this kid over if you are if you feel funny about how this your husband acts when the fucking little girl is over? Why would, fuck right off. And why would you stay with your husband if you found Why would you that? stay with your fucking Ugh. husband? Right. That, uh, yeah. So using the exact word quote-unquote, infatuated. Ew. Yeah. That he was physically abusive toward her, the wife, personally, and that she knew for a fact he was having an affair with another woman. So with that layer, that her she her husband was physically abusing her, he, seemed in, he was having an affair with another woman, he seemed infatuated with a little girl, it seems as the wife, Kate, is just fucked up. Yeah. All right, up, down, inside out. Yeah. But... All of those lining up, like, his stuff would be in garbage yeah. bags in the front yard. Yeah, yeah, I know. Kate turned her husband in. She's the one who turned him in. Good for her. Yep. Yep. Most people don't do that. But if only she would have, I hate to say it this way, but if only she would have done something sooner when she saw the red flags, then wait for this to happen. You know, people say, you know, you're being too dramatic. You're a, nope. for me personally, Carmen, like, you're an overprotective Hispanic mom. Like, that's the fucking... That's the, what's the word, stereotype that Mm -hmm. we get. Yeah, I am an overprotective mom. Because step one is I want to keep my kids safe. And step two, I want to make them happy. And I learned that from fucking Macy on Teen Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Macy. She's the only one that still has it together. I know. I heard her say that shit. I don't know. When I, before, I don't know how old her son is. Before I was even a mom, she said that. And I was like, yes, bitch. Okay. (laughs) So, although Kate turned her husband in, she never took the stand during trial. Becky's shaking her head. She took a plea deal, which pissed some people off. And Becky has this disgruntled look on her face. People who thought she must have known what happened to Courtney because she took the plea deal, plea deal, or at least knew more than that than she let on. Why was Kate on the stands? I'm confused. Because she turned in her husband to testify. She was. She did not take the stand. She took a plea deal. Oh, mm-hmm. because she was home when the disappearance happened. Yeah, if you don't testify, it looks like you're involved. Right? People like, like people who believe that Kate Kate knew more than she let on, people like Courtney's parents, Lewis and Mary Walker. So Brad ended up being convicted of the crime. 
of murdering Courtney. I want to share with you a snippet from a newspaper article that later came out. The, the article is titled, Kid Killer McKinley Gets Life, Wife Strikes a Deal, Skirts Slammer. That's the article title, written by Craig, Ooh. yeah, written by Craig David Wallace. The notorious child killer, Brad McKinley, 35, was sentenced Monday to life in prison for murdering Courtney Walker, seven. Oh my God, I'm gonna cry again. In his home, Mr. McKinley orchestrated a play date between the girl and his own daughter. He stabbed her repeatedly. Mary Walker, 35, and Lewis Walker, 36, presented in the courtroom that he can't imagine what's been done to their family and the tragedy that has been inflicted on them. Mr. Walker and Mrs. Walker remained even-tempered and calm during the sentencing, but allowed themselves to be more livid with reporters outside the courthouse. Quote, I hope he takes his last breath in prison, end quote, the father of Courtney Walker said. Since this case was such a big deal and Brad was accused of such a heinous crime with many emotions from the public, Kate was put in the witness protection program, which is why you kind of called it before she's in the middle of nowhere. So now you can see why her being attacked and tied up in a house in a small town is such a big fucking deal. I mean, it's a big deal no matter what. And we can start to guess where this may be going and why this is happening to her. So we're kind of going back. As I was researching for this story, and side note, in case you're fairly new, we don't say it all the time, but I use the word story and I use the word research, whether it be true crime or a horror movie, all the time. It's it's just we have to have blanket statements in this show. I don't want to give it away. So while I was researching for this story, so I got to thinking about how often people get placed in witness protection and I went on another research tangent. I did home invasions before, witness protection now. So I got super curious about how the process works. Do you know anything about it personally? I'm just curious. I don't, but I've always been intrigued. Like, do you get to pick your own name? Like, how does that work? (laughs) Do you get to pick where you're from? Yeah, right. Okay, so I've seen it in movies and TV shows and documentaries, but I never actually looked into it. So here's some things I found as I was, like, hyper-focusing with my fucking adult-diagnosed ADHD. (laughs) Um, Okay, so here we go. I've got probably, like, ten bullet points. Ooh, I'm ready. Number one. In the past, plastic surgery has been offered for those in protection. Whoa. All right. right. Okay, next note. About 19,000 people have been a part of the witness protection program since it began. Witnesses, next note, witnesses who have remained in protection and followed all, this is key, all the rules given to them have had a 100% success rate. Okay. Like, and that seems very like... Really? 100%? I wonder what all of the rules are, That's the key. A huge percentage are criminals themselves, which makes the program controversial. Yeah, if you're a criminal, you don't get to cover up your identity. You know, but you know, you know. You know, it's like you've been working with someone who fucked up, you fucked up, but you're less of a fuck up than that person, so you wrap them out. Yeah, I take that back. Sorry, sorry criminals. Yeah. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Okay, next one. There are rules for those involved like I mentioned, such as, quote, be a good person and live a normal life. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And the job that they're given in protection needs to be something the person can actually do from their past. Like, you're not going to – you, Becky, are not going to be put into witness protection as a nurse when you've never fucking medically done anything as a nurse. True. That makes sense. 
So, okay, next one. They get a new last name, but the change of first name is optional, and they all get, as you know, new IDs, birth certificates, social security number. We all knew that one, right? Okay, next note. They get an allotment of money. Did you know that? I'm going to witness protection. (laughs) Sign me up. Sign me up. Okay, next note. Witnesses can be sent anywhere except where they actually want to go. Oh. So they'll question you, like, where do you want to go? And you give your answers, and then they tell you later, you're going to fucking not there. Well, now that I know that, if I ever go into witness protection, I'm going to say where I don't want to go. Well, they do that because if you – if like they want to live a certain in a certain place that probably means that other people like right the one they're trying to hunt down knows that and they're going to kind of that's a place where they yep. would end up next note each witness is assigned their own u.s marshal which is going to come into play Ooh. in this story yep it's going to coming into play in this story and then last uh, a story about one witness protection gone wrong daniel lapola in the 1970s attended a funeral from his past life as he was in witness protection and decided to stop by his old house. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. The house was booby-trapped by those he was being protected from. So when he unlocked the door, a bomb went off and killed him. That's a true story. Wow. I know. If you're in witness protection listening to this, don't fucking do that. All right. Back to the story. So as we come full circle, I will add that Beth hates where they're living. Yeah, she was a social butterfly. Yes. She has no friends. She's being homeschooled. She tells her mom, this house must be haunted because it's an older property that creaks. Mm-hmm. And there's a shitty barn that Kate refuses to let go to let Beth go play in. They're living a very modest life with barely any contact to the outside world other than their detective assigned to help them. And when I say detective, I mean US Marshal. And that's her lover. That's what I'm predicting. And who's lover? The mom? The mom's lover. Oh damn. Yep. I'm going and there. he is their point person and he they call we call him Detective Hal. We'll call him Detective Hal. So Hal has become pretty close to Kate and Beth. <laughs> Told you. Nailed it. As It's pretty common in the scenario, supposedly, according to the Googs. So they rarely leave the house. They have groceries delivered. They're very secluded. And remember, this is, well, I don't know if you know this, but this is t- only two years after the murder of Courtney Walker. So it's pretty recent for them. So it was the murder, the trial, the conviction, witness protection. And now mom's ready to move on with Hal. Oh, my God. <laughs> So Kate has tried to keep Beth from finding out the truth about her father. But either way, Beth is, she fucking hates living where they're living. Kate isn't currently working, but she has gotten a very private book deal to write a memoir that I mentioned the quote from earlier. But she struggles big time to get the story going because, well, she knows what the public thinks of her. They don't, they don't like her. In the time living in this home, Beth's behavior escalates the little girl. Oh. Yeah. She and Kate struggle to maintain the life they once had, as really that life is over. And I can't even imagine how Kate, as the mother, goes on. It must be miserable and heartbreaking to realize what your husband has done. And now you not only have to protect your daughter, but you have to try your damnedest to keep her happy in this, like, shitty setting. Yeah. That's tough. So some examples of Beth's behavior, she, as reported by Kate... She constantly tries to sneak Kate's cell phone to play games or look online, which Kate does not want her doing. Right. Right. Her mom will tell her she can play outside, but only in like a certain area. And she always, like she'll try to always test the boundaries. Another thing, she argues back with her mom all the time and she's just not coping well. Let's put it that way. 
And she does know that her friend Courtney went missing, but she doesn't know the details and she doesn't know how fucked up the situation is. Oh, that's... I would at least have told her, like, she passed away. You would. So she's not, like, wondering, where is she? Where is she? Like, she knows that, like, she's no longer with us. Yeah. Right. it's... Thinking about the unknown is even worse. It's worse, right? Yeah. I think of my own daughter, who's eight, turning nine this weekend, and I think... Like this is the same age. Like she might probably act the same the same way if her whole life. So now we're back to Beth's birthday, the night of the home invasion, and we're back to my question that I always inevitably have to ask, Becky. Before I tell you the rest of the story, is this the plot of a horror movie or the facts of a true crime case? Horror movie. Oh, what makes you say that? I like to ask Joanna that. Um, there's just like. The lavish lifestyle and then witness protection and there's a barn and just, it's just very intense. It is intense. And I feel like it's more intense than like, if it is a true crime story, Uh then she 100% could write a memoir and sell (laughs) thousands because... It could be on the shelves right now. For sure. It's a movie. (laughs) Yes! I finally done it! Yay! High five. Now I have to watch it. Now you have to watch it. Well, I don't know. It's fucked up as fuck. I'm ready. I know. I knew the whole time that you and the listeners were going to know this is a fucking movie. I don't care. It was insane. I need to know if she's in love with Hal, though. Okay. Well, or is they, that part of the movie? It's part of the movie. They do have a fucking affair. They fuck. Okay. They fuck. I'm okay. going to get there, but they, they go fookin, if oh, you yeah. will. Okay. So, Becky, listeners, if you were right, congrats. If not, I don't know what to say. This is the 2021 movie, and the title is Motherly. Where do we stream this? Mm, I'll tell you right now. First, let me tell you, it was written by Ian Malone and Craig Wallace, and it was directed by Craig Wallace, and I streamed it on Amazon Prime. I was trying to think if I've seen it like yep. in the, yeah. Do you have Prime? Yes. Oh, then you can watch it. It wasn't one I had to pay for. It's going to be my Saturday uh, movie when I clean the house tomorrow. Yeah, girl. So let's start. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you the rest of the story, and we're going to fucking go. I'm ready. So if you haven't watched Motherly, pause, go watch it, and then come back. Come back. Always come back. Actually, I'm going to pause. Natalie, if you're listening, I love you, girl. Natalie's a friend of ours. She told me on, I'm not going to say which episode because I don't like to give it away. She said she pause when I said to pause and she actually went and watched the thing I'm gonna say the thing that I you know and then she came back to listen one yes of, girl yes one of the episodes there was a van and there was a girl in it yes yes that gotcha. one yep and episode two and I yes and I was like <laughs> I was driving out of town to go visit family and uh-huh. I was in the car and I'm like I need to know more and like I didn't know if I should research it so I just stopped watching the episode and I'm like or stop listening yeah. or stop listening and I was like I'll Figure the rest out later because I just needed to, (laughs) I needed all the answers. Good for you. Okay. So you ready to hear the rest of the story? I'm so ready. So let's start with a couple details I had to skip in my storytelling. Earlier in the day that we are speaking of Beth's birthday, there's a scene when Beth is bored and asks her mom to go play hide and seek. Kate responds immediately and with a very stern voice, we don't play that game anymore. Ooh. Which was very telling. Also, Detective Hal and Kate are fucking. I told you that already. Uh, And Hal's wife is already jealous of them spending so much time together. And that she pretty much is done with his shit. On the shit list. Yeah. Yep. On the day of Beth's birthday, before the invasion happens, Hal brings a gift for Beth. And she's disappointed when she opens it and sees that it's a Barbie. 
because she's I like, love I'm Barbies. Too, but she's like, I'm too old for Barbies. Even though my daughter would say the same thing if I bought her a Barbie right now for her ninth birthday. But when your daughter came over the other day, who's a little younger, all about it. Those bitches, those little those little girls stayed and played with fucking Barbies for two hours. Oh yeah, in the room. So my little one, you still love Barbies. Don't talk to your shit. She's so cute. So anyway, Beth was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. She kind of just rips open the box throws the Barbie across the room and after Beth is sent to bed Hal and Kate start making out on the couch and try and she tries to get him to sleep over again again oh but he says he can't keep doing this to his wife I'm sorry I gotta go and he looks so considerate before the home invasion now that we know it's a movie I can tell you I like the dramatic things but not before revealing that Brad her husband was found dead in his prison cell Oh. It was a suicide. And he left a note, Becky, saying, this is the note he left in his jail cell. Kate, now I understand. That was a one note. And then he left, Beth, I love you. So there's that. The husband who was accused of killing the little girl, Courtney. Bye, Felicia. Now flashback to where I left you in the beginning with Kate's fingernails ripped off and Beth Beth taken in the house by an assailant saying they would never hurt her. Remember all that shit I said? So let's start with who is doing to them. Can you fucking guess? Who would attack Kate and her daughter? Someone related to Brad. I know that. No. No? Courtney's parents. Oh, yes. Yes. I forgot about them for a second. So their names are Lewis and Mary Walker. They have lost their shit after Courtney died and have become obsessed with solving their daughter's case because they're convinced Kate, who took a plea deal, has something to do with it. That makes sense now. It makes sense. Like, I, I, yeah. I I, would have let. No comment. No comment. Yeah. I would have let Beth just run free if I were them and take Kate. Right. Run away. They don't hurt Beth. So after tracking location after location, this couple, uh, what did I say, Lewis and Mary, um, they came across a small town where a detective was talking in a restaurant about how he has a big secret case on an old property in the outskirts of town. Boom. That's how they found Kate. Hal, you suck. Hal is a fucking dumbass. You're fired. So they knew it was Kate and Beth that he was hiding. And side note, that scene with the fingernails is so gross. And Mary says in it, I learned how to do this online. Ew. Ew, it's so gross. So throughout the movie, we have flashbacks of what could have really happened to Courtney, the little girl. And we repeatedly see that during the game of hide and seek, it was Kate who found Courtney's bloodied body upstairs, hanging outside of a, of a like a bedroom closet. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And okay. so we think, you know, okay. But we don't know what actually happened. With this imagery, it makes you think as you're watching, maybe she did have something to do with it. I would think if she didn't immediately, like, rat him out and say Mm -hmm. everything she knew, like, she's trying to hide something. Right. Yeah. She is. Because I would have... I'm just going to tell you if she fucking is. Oh, yeah. Like, I would have testified immediately if that meant me not being in trouble for it, if I had nothing to do with it. Right. Yeah. So my thought while watching was maybe she knew her husband did it. Tried initially to cover it up with him. Being that he was abusive as mentioned, then she must have had like a change of heart and turned him in. Like that was what I thought. Mm -hmm. And because she helped cover it up, she took the plea deal. I mean, that was kind of like my whole mindset. Yeah. So now here's what I'm going to say. Spoiler alert. The rest of the movie is coming, including the ending and the twist. In the barn, you know, fingernails ripped off. 
as Mary is torturing, torturing Kate, she says to her, how does it feel not knowing what is happening to your daughter? Because they have been separated and you just know that Mary has been waiting to say these words for two years. Mary says, Kate lied to the jury to get off and set Brad up, saying it was her. She murdered their daughter, framed her husband, and she can prove it. Now let's pan to where Beth is, the little girl. Let's kind of just shoo. Lewis has taken, Lewis the husband, has taken her into the house and it is obvious he's not going to hurt her. And in a really emotional moment for me, and I'll tell you why in a second, when Lewis squats down to tell Beth he won't hurt her, he takes a real look at her and his heart breaks because she's gotten to, she's gotten so big and she's the age and like general size that his daughter would have been. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, if she were still alive. And this broke my heart because it reminded me of a very lovely person I personally know who had lost a child. And um, I don't want to exploit them and whatever, but I've seen this experience firsthand and it's difficult. Seeing the mother losing a child who has lost a child and then seeing a friend, like a cousin of that child years later and like wow my kid would have been oh it's awful i don't need to go it's a lot it takes your breath away Mm -hmm. so this scene choked me up and my heart goes out to all parents who have gone through losing any in any capacity in any capacity so okay so with lewis squatted down beth tells him there's blood on your nose using this as a distraction she knees him in the fucking face and runs to her fucking room (laughs) hit it girl she climbs under the bed to hide and she's gotten a hold a hold of her mom's cell phone and dials hal one of the only contacts oh he goes to answer but before she can talk lewis grabs her pulling her body out from under the bed hanging up the phone and freaking out because he sees who she called which in a way prompts hal to return back to the house in the barn during the yelling between Mary and Kate, it is revealed that Mary, Mary, Courtney's mom, had been fucking Brad the whole time. Ooh, <laughs> does uh, Lewis know this? No. Mm-hmm. Burn. They were having a full-on affair, which makes you think motive for Kate? For sure. But Kate swears she'd never hurt their daughter for their indiscretion because Lewis is freaking out about the, f- okay, for their indiscretion lewis is freaking out about the phone call he goes to the barn he gets mary to bring kate into the house to regroup and hal shows up lewis holds a gun to kate's head while she opens the door to talk to hal who showed up because of the phone call saying it was a butt dial she says everything's okay it was a butt dial and the noise you just heard oh 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 that scuffle you just heard in the background oh that's just beth she's playing with the new barbie you got her she loves you know you know how she loves that barbie you got her for her birthday hal that she threw halfway across the fucking kitchen exactly how smarter than that even though he ran his mouth earlier and got him into this no he knows so he gets the point and pretends to leave and he starts calling for backup Becky, you're, that's the law enforcement daughter right there. That was it. Putting, there it was. Putting the pieces together. So Hal calls for backup, which is an hour away. Of course. And he gets his gun. While Hal is doing that, Lewis is convinced he will get a confession out of Kate. Becky, he takes her ass back to the barn, presses record on his phone, and gets to talking. Telling Kate he doesn't give a shit if he goes to prison for this because she at least will be in prison too. 
and he'll happily go with her. So now we have kind of like a flip-flopped scenario here. Lewis in the barn with Kate, Mary in the house with Beth. Keeping her calm and talking with her. Mary telling Beth, I'll take care of you now. Like from now on. I was like, I'm your new mommy type of fucking shit. Beth reveals her mom is a liar. And her mom is mean. And Kate says, That's a, that horrible monster will never hurt you again. So I feel like we're kind of, you know, we're flip-flopping here back and forth. So back to the barn, Becky. Lewis starts spewing all his evidence as to why he knows Kate is guilty reminding her of the sloppy crime scene being too clean. Remember I said that before? Yeah. And if Brad's clothes were found bloodied in the washing machine, why wasn't the washing machine on? Why would they clean everything in the house except the washing machine with the clothes? Everything was too easy and was obviously a setup, and the murder weapon was never found. Hmm. So why would Brad get rid of the bloody knife? but not think to get rid of his bloody clothes. Who do you think is guilty? I just want to ask. Well, now that we know that Brad was having an affair, yeah, I think Kate wore his clothes mm. and committed the crime. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to screw my husband? I'm going to kill your daughter. Okay. Ooh, that's a good one. So, to appease Lewis, Kate admits everything on camera she says your wife was fucking my husband she acted like my friend while they were fucking in my bed in your bed lewis kate says she wanted to kill mary but instead she killed courtney and she says this because they've been recording on their cell phones the whole time she says the girls were playing hide and seek i was playing with them she hid upstairs i did it there grabbed the knife from the kitchen counter and went upstairs i opened the closet found her stabbed her then cleaned up Move the body to the trunk. Brad was innocent. So, Becky's looking at me like, what the fuck? And this is about when Hal, hello, bursts in with his gun. Now we're going to go on a fucking whirlwind, Becky. Oh, gosh. Hal comes in, sees that Lewis has a gun to Kate's head, and with Kate screaming at Hal, they all start yelling at the same time, and Lewis is yelling at Hal, Watch the video. Watch what I recorded. Watch her confession. He goes to reach for the phone to play for Hal. Hal thinks he's reaching for a weapon. He gone. Yep. So he shoots Lewis two times in the chest, killing him. And when Hal goes to actually look at the phone with Kate still tied up, he realizes what Lewis was looking for, but a little too late. And he goes to play the video to see the confession. Kate can't handle it. She shoots Hal in the fucking face. And now there are two dead people. (laughs) Becky. So are we not going to get any answers? (laughs) We will. To move things along, there comes a battle back in the house between Kate and Mary. Kate searching for her daughter, attacking Mary, Mary attacking her, all leading to the basement. It always leads to the fucking basement. Oh, gosh. In one line, Mary taunts Kate saying, come find me. You made me do this. And Kate replies, ready or not, here I come. (gasps) Ah! (laughs) Totally fucking with her as the game of hide and seek, you know, is what led to Courtney's death. A fight ensues, a stab wound here, a gunshot there, a chase through the rain, back into the barn. 
A look at the two dead men, including Mary's husband. And when it looks like Mary is about to attack Kate again, she gets stabbed, Becky, with a fucking pitchfork through the stomach and into the barn wall. (laughs) Not by Kate. The real perpetrator here, what did you just say? Beth. What makes you think that? Because she went missing and they're like fighting and no the one, little like, girl, she's oh nowhere God. to be found. The one Kate was truly protecting the whole time. The one who killed Courtney. <gasps> the reason Kate framed her husband. The reason Kate went in witness protection. The true murderer is her nine-year-old daughter, Beth. That little psycho bitch. <laughs> She needs to live in padded walls. Yep. 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 Becky? Yes. Beth is the murderer. Oh, my God. Did I? Oh, my God. Did I get you? Yeah, I did not expect that. I, I just s- thought she was a snotty little brat, but uh-huh. turns out she's cray-cray. Mm-hmm. As Mary's body is sliding down the barn wall with the pitchfork in her body, Beth walks in, sees it, puts her foot on the handle of it and pushes it into her even more, assuring more uh, pain is inflicted before she dies. (laughs) In a stern motherly voice, Becky, listen, Kate tells her daughter, you can't do that. You promised me. You have to keep that promise. It's to keep you safe. And Beth responds, but it's my birthday. I love my children, but if they say some freaky shit like that, you got to go. You got to I'm fucking put, go. I'm putting you in in the uh, oh my god psychiatric unit for a little bit. I am so glad you are here instead of Joanna. Joanna, I love you, but you would not be able to handle this fucking story. <laughs> um, and we realize Kate chose her over everyone else. In the end, Kate basically tells her daughter that she will be taken away for this and will take the fall. Like Kate's like. Beth, like, I, obviously, I'm, I'm your mom. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the fall. Yep. I don't know why. Your daughter's a fucking killer. The fuck? We just talked about this in the, like, last fucking episode. If your kid has to take their responsibility, like, the consequences for their fucking actions. Good Lord. Okay. And she reminds her that she will be, like, you're going to be on your own. I'm going to claim that I murdered all these people. You're on your own now. You can't do that again or else you're going to be put away if people find out that it's you. So what does Beth do in response, Becky? What does she say to her mother? She says, but mom, I can't be anybody but me. I have to be who I am. And during a hug, Beth stabs her mother and kills her. Oh! The final scene is Beth walking along the road. Little fucking nine-year-old Beth, bloody, holding a knife she used to kill her own mom. And when a car pulls up, a nice-looking woman says, Honey, are you lost? And seeing the knife and blood says to Beth with a scared and concerned look, Oh, my God. End of the movie. Oh, hell no. (laughs) There would be no oh my god to be heard. I would have yep. taken off. Yep. Bye, little girl. And that's how the movie ends. Motherly on Amazon Prime. Go fucking watch it. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. So, time for the ratings, Becky. Now, I am in no means a professional in movie review ratings. I am no one special. So, take my rating with a very, like, tiny grain of salt. 
but I'm a person with an opinion. I love a twist, so I give this movie four out of five. Story-wise, uh-huh. I would give it a four out of five. It's fucking crazy. It was slow at some like some moments, and the dialogue could have been like a bit more because it was just a little lacking. But the twist, I didn't. I feel like you can usually see like the child killer, like or wait, is that is that the how you say it? The kid being the killer. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it coming at all. Yeah. Did you at all? No, not at all. I thought maybe, oh, she stabbed mm-hmm. uh, Courtney's mom with a pitchfork, like to, to save, save her save mom. mom. Uh huh. But not because she's a murderer. She's a sadistic fucking killer. Yeah. It's like Dexter. Did you ever watch? No. Dexter. Okay. <laughs> Side note. Dexter knew he was a killer from a very young age, and his dad found out. His adopted dad doesn't matter, but he like honed his killing nature to kill. Seri- like to kill serial culprits, like rapists, murderers. So we did it for good. I mean, uh, sure, if you want to say that, right. right? This girl needed a fucking Dexter dad, Daddy Dexter, yeah. if you will. So uh, the twist was amazing, which is why I give it a four out of five. I didn't see it coming. It caught me off guard. All the kill scenes were gruesome as fuck. <sighs> Overall, I liked it. I recommend it. IMDb gives it 5.1 out of 10. Not great. That's because... Computer warriors get on mm. there behind their keyboard and like, well, the special <laughs> effects were yeah. not to par. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, 86% out of 100. That's not, that's bad. not bad. That's not bad. So that's it, Becky. That's my story. I did it. Thanks for stopping by. I'm so excited. Um, guys, if you liked what you heard today, give us that rating. Uh, shoot us an email. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. Find us wherever you find us. We love you guys. Thank you for stopping in, and remember to live, laugh, and never allow your child to murder other children. Yeah, that's not, that's not good. That's not, that doesn't track. No. As the kids say. Just don't murder. It's not bussin'. It's not, I just learned oh that the God. other day. Oh my my seven-year-old just taught me what that means. <laughs> I think that's like two years old. I don't know. Add it like two years, like out. I don't know. I can't keep up with it. <laughs> Any final words, Becky? Um, I'll be back with the Florida man. I gotta get back on my research. You'll, you'll, like, next episode, Joanna's gonna be like, this Florida man was sent to me by Becky. I'm like, Becky, what the fuck? (laughs) It's okay. All right, let's go, um, eat some picadillo and watch a movie. I'm down. All right, bye guys. Love you. Love you. finish let's do it's been over an hour okay while how while i guess the wine i'm getting drunk i'm hungry as fuck okay here we go while how do i say that word while while